Okay, First Timothy, I mean First Peter, chapter two. We've got uh, the first chapter about salvation and the suffering that they were going to go through. We've covered that and found a lot of a lot of things in there. And when somebody <clears throat> of Peter's maturity and age writes an epistle inspired by the Spirit of God, then you have a lot of things that you know we can we could go over it oh, and you you go back there and oh look there's more. <laughs> have you found that with scripture, with Bible reading? You've read it, read it for years, but then oh look at that, it jumps out. And that happens as the Lord led these people to write what they did for the people they wrote to. And uh, Peter writing to the Jewish people scattered scattered around. And <clears throat> you see, he would have had a particular interest because some of these people were his converts from Jerusalem. And they'd been scattered because of persecution. And he was minister- he could have been well ministering to some of his old acquaintances back from Jerusalem that have shifted out. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the persecution started after the stoning of Stephen. Remember that, that, that occasion? And then it uh, continued. So we have the second chapter. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow by it. If so be that ye have tasted, the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. We'll finish there because we won't go any further than that, if that far. The responsibilities of Christians, verses 1 to 12. And after speaking of salvation and the suffering that's tied with that, then he said, this is your responsibility. Here are some things you should be doing. You should be living like this. Um, And uh, the outline, we don't have a a hard copy of those. They're on WhatsApp, I believe. Yep, it's up, okay. And uh, you can follow along, but First Peter 2, uh, <clears throat> 1 to 12, we'll find several responsibilities of the Christian. One of these is declaring God's praises because he saved us. And uh, I've been having a little time reading. Got some time, as Pastor McConnell's doing the <laughs> message, I was done the messages for Sunday, you can get some time, and I've been really enjoying the author and the re- the reading of it. And uh, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, like Pastor McConnell does, you got to, <laughs> and others may, you got time you can spend instead of mm, I can't sleep, mm, I can't sleep. Forget that. <laughs> Give the devil a blow and go read <laughs> the word and encourage yourself in the Lord. And uh, this is what Peter's saying, encouraging them to do right, to praise him for saving them. <clears throat> we see, first of all, verses 1 and 3, he's re- the responsibility for burgeoning believers, I've put down. Burgeoning means growing rapidly. 
there's a there's a tree around. I know what it looks like if I see one, but it's got big leaves on it. Um, there was one planted outside of Jill's parents' place on the nature strip, and went there once, and it was you know this, and then a few months later it was up there, and then just <laughs> I thought that grew quick. <laughs> you don't usually get things growing that quick, but it was a, a burgeoning tree, growing rapidly and flourishing. And Christians should be just that, according to these first three verses in chapter two. Burgeoning believers, growing and just <coughs> oozing up, you might say. The new life <coughs> of holy conduct, conduct and new relationships of sincere love that he talked about in verse 22 should be ours. It's not that we should be doing what we used to do. Verse 1 tells us very clearly, put away, he said, all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envyings and evil speaking. So as born again ones, laying aside malice. What does it mean to be malicious? Getting even. Getting even with somebody. Okay. Spiteful. Spiteful, yep. Nasty, yeah, there's a few words in English to describe a malicious person is, well, I'm going to get back at them and this is why I'm going to do it. No, we shouldn't be. <clears throat> it's wickedness, it's evil conduct. Guile. What does it mean to be guilish? That's a different different one, isn't it? It's, 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 it's being cunning in the way you are malicious. <laughs> You know, so that it covers it up and you can't see it. We'll look at it in a little bit some more. And, and, and all evil speaking is the next one. So all guiles, deceit or acts of hypocrisy, all evil speaking, defaming, slandering. Now, as you think through or go through that list there, who does these sort of things? Who, who is guilish, evil speaking and malicious? Lots of them around. Unsaved people. Now they might not display that, but that's that's the way often that's the way they live. That's the way the things happen. But for burgeoning believers, no no. <laughs> now, these are negatives. And the <clears throat> evil speaking running down another individual. And these are attitudes that don't please the Lord. As new Christians, not to be. I don't know if Peter had heard that these these people were Doing this, someone whispered in his ear, like huh, it's in in Paul's case where the house of Chloe has told me. So I don't know what Chloe copped after <laughs> after Paul said that and wrote the letter, where they shunned her or said, "No, not talking to you. You 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 tell that apostle fella," and he writes about it. But um, <clears throat> somebody might have mentioned it to Peter. Love one another is what Peter had said back in verse 22 of chapter 1. Love one another fervently. These actions that are listed here are contrary to godly behaviour. It's not the way a Christian should behave. And uh, ask yourself the question, are some of these things in my life? Sometimes children have no appetite particularly after they've come home from school and raided the cupboard and got the twisties and the chips and, the, you know, all those nice things, <laughs> good to the, to the taste buds. 
they've got no appetite because they've been eating the wrong thing. And should we liken this to Christians who have been doing the wrong thing, got the wrong appetite, they've not been in the Word, so these are the behaviours they display, the old way of life. They've been eating the wrong things. And so Peter warned to lay aside these things that we just mentioned. Wrong heart attitudes that would hinder their appetite for spiritual truth. You're not going to want to get into the Bible when you're doing these things because what's the Bible going to tell you? You're sinning. You're doing wrong. You shouldn't be up to doing those things. And and the the preacher often is accused of picking on me. Who, who was it that came to church once here? Brother Glenn Weeks was preaching. That's right, it's Peter, the son-in-law. When he first came to church here from Mount Beauty and uh, he attended and... Brother Weeks preached and he said, he said, Dan's been telling him all about me. Dan Coleman at that time had invited Peter to come. And then Peter came the next night and the same thought. He's been telling him all about me. (laughs) And about the third night he had enough and he said, who is it that's telling you all about me? (laughs) And Glenn said, I don't even know you. (laughs) Never, not met you. And so... Yeah, don't pick on the preacher. It's the word of God that convicts us and points out those things in our life. God does that. He does it for a purpose of making us walk right. And um, so lay aside these things. Lay us, put put them away. What does it talk in Ephesians and the book of Colossians? What are the two-worded phrases? Two two two-worded phrases. Yeah. It's put off, put on. Put off, verse 1, put on the milk of the word. Um, <clears throat> malicious means wickedness in general. Guile, we look at this, is craftiness. Using devious words and actions to get what we want. That's the way unsaved people do it. <laughs> devious words and actions to get what we want. This is buttering people up. And what I notice when people do this, who come to church and call themselves Christians, they don't butter, they, they look around for, they don't butter up the people that have, aren't people of means or aren't people of influence. They go for those two. And why do you think they're buttering them up? This is being malicious and getting your way in the fellowship with guile. There's a reason you're doing this. You're not really friends. You don't really mean what you're saying about this person you're buttering up, but you're making friends for wrong reasons. Uh, And we can be guilty of that as Christians, of malicious and guile. We try to hide this, And this becomes hypocrisy. You see the order of these things that are written down. You're a hypocrite when you do that. Butter people up. And when they don't give you what you want and what you're trying to get out of them, or you say no, what happens? What's the next phrase? The next phrase. That's what they go ahead and do. They speak evil of you. (laughs) They speak evil of you. 
because they didn't get what they wanted to get out of you and they are envious of what you have that they're trying to get out of you. That's the pattern of a non-Christian. Right there in verse 1. So, if you're a person of influence in the church or you have a position or <clears throat> you are a person of affluence, be careful when people speak well of you. What does it say about people being spoken well of? It says that in the scripture that we, if we're, all people speak well of you, watch out. It, you might be wrong yourself. <laughs> but uh, if they're speaking well and to get something out of you, watch out. <clears throat> And the result, as I said, is envy and evil speaking. Conversation that tears the other person down because I didn't get what they wanted. And if these attitudes and actions are in our lives, we'll lose our appetite for the word of God that comes up mentioned in verse 2. Let's stop feeding the flesh. Let's start feeding on the word. If we start feeding the flesh, we won't be a growing Christian. We stop enjoying the tasting of the word of God as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Let's be peacemakers and not troublemakers in the fellowship. The verse we just read in verse 3, we have not only will they put death to, to sin, this is burgeoning believers, these growing believers, There'll be death to sin and there'll be desire for the scriptures. There's a put off and there's a put on. Peter doesn't put it like that, but Paul does put off and put on. So the opposite is true of those who are true, growing Christians. They desire the sincere milk of the word. Can you remember when you first become a Christian? Some of us, it's a long time ago. When we first responded to the gospel and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did you have? I hope you did. (laughs) If you didn't have it then, what do you have now? A a desire for the word. A desire to read the word, to understand the word. And, you know, over, over the period of decades now, I've just observed people, when they make a profession of faith, and, and it's fair dinkum, it's not a profession, it's a possession, and it's for real, they have a love for the, the word of God. They can't get enough. Now, sometimes that wanes as you get older and you say, oh, I'll know everything now, <laughs> and we don't. But they have a real sincere desire as a baby would. You, know, you, you look at the animal world. You, know, you look, at the sh- look at sheep. I gave a drink from mum when you used to have sheep, brother dumb. <laughs> and uh, I get there and I have to start drinking. What does their tail do? <laughs> it wags like a <laughs> can't stop it. Um, <clears throat> they just poor old, old mum music gets buttered. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if you did that to the cow when you're trying to milk it, it doesn't let the milk down, does it? <laughs> you, you, I remember when we were had to milk the cow on the mornings and evenings at home. If you had to get the dog to get the cow in the yard, in the bale, we called it, forget about milking the cow, because it got all fired up and it's not going to let the milk down. <clears throat> but if you led the cow in with oats and straw or whatever, you put in the inside the bale, so it had to put its head through the 
you know, the thing that pivoted at the bottom and locked at the top? And the bale, yeah. The bale, yeah, the bale. <laughs> Put the peg in. And, 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 and they're chewing away, meditating on the food, bucket full of milk. <laughs> but <clears throat> we should be like that, just love the milk that we can get from our Heavenly Father that provides these things for us. Get right in there and have a, have a drink and enjoy as the little lambs and goats we used to have, same, same way. And uh, we had pigs, but we didn't have baby pigs. Piglets. <laughs> Sinful attitudes and acts must be put away before we can really enjoy the word. As newborn babes desire this, and as newborn babes, sometimes we don't understand this and the, the seriousness of getting into the word. Uh, <clears throat> Hebrews 5, we're just close to that, so we'll turn there in verses 11 to 14. And this is also in Corinthians. Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 4, where he talks about getting into the word, having a desire, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. It's hard to talk to a, a Christian, and particularly a new Christian, because they could be offended and not come back. But it's hard sometimes to talk because they are. It's hard to utter these things to them because they're not willing to give you the ear. Was it? What, what does he say? Shakespeare, wasn't it? Lend me your ear. ears. <laughs> Lend me your ears. If you learn Shakespeare a little, but. <clears throat> And this is what Paul is, I mean, well, Hebrews, Paul, maybe, is saying here. They're not lending them, him, he, their ears. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again and become as need of milk and not strong meat. Although Peter's not referring to the meat, he's just saying these new Christians have a hunger for God's word. They've stopped doing what they used to, and now they're into the word, and so we ought to be. <clears throat> Since the Lord is gracious, as we go back to Peter, we should do this as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Once you've tasted, you want more, you want more, you want to know more and more. Now, <clears throat> we've had another phone call this week, and, and you're responsible for putting that tract out. Hey, yep, you're the church, yep. I could tell by the tone of his voice it was a good call. <laughs> he said, when are you starting up again? So, Hopefully when we start up again, if we're allowed to start up sometime, we'll be able to uh, see these folk that are ringing up and are uh, interested in coming along. They said, you don't hear that stuff anymore, but it needs to be said. It's not being said in mo most of the churches. They're frightened away from it. Um, <clears throat> so concluding this, sec this section here of these burgeoning believers, death to sin, desire for the scriptures, God's word, has life, God's word gives life, and God's word nourishes life. And one should have that hunger as a newborn babe. It's sad when Christians have no appetite for God's word. In fact, 
when a person has no appetite for God's word, doesn't read it on a regular basis, what could we almost conclude? What could we say about that individual? Are they a Christian? Maybe they're not a Christian. Maybe they need to be saved. But it's very hard for a person who's professed to be a Christian then to realise they're not and then have to fess up to it. Because I'm going to make a fool of me if I say that. So, yep, we are truly saved. We will be in the book. Twelve, twelve thereabouts I got saved. Then I just had an appetite for the book. If I brought some of the books along that I read, you'd say, what would a, a teenager, just a teenager, want in reading that sort of stuff? It's too dense, it's too thick, too heavy. But if you're a Christian, that's the point of it. You get in there and want that, desire that. And if you've got time, you'll do that. It's uh, amazing how you can find the time to do the things you want to do. Isn't that true? <laughs> we find the time to do those pleasurable things. And one thing pleasurable should be the milk of the word and the meat of the word. It's for mature and growing Christians. It's bread. It's all of these things. Into the book we need to be. I've got some notes just down here and. <clears throat> In Timothy, where it talks about all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. And I put down here the word. And I've mentioned these before, but maybe haven't written them in an outline. Know it in your head. Receive it. Show it. Sow it. <laughs> Sorry. Stow it. <laughs> okay. Trying to get it to you. Know it in your head. Stow it in your heart. Memorize it believe it show it in your life that means obey it show it in your life sow it you know the seed is the word of god sow it in the world publish it and i've put down last glow it in the dark and does the world need a bit of light in these dark times yep every preacher i'm reading and it's even got into the devotional booklets now. They were, they were able to put it into the... And they've got a, a few... It's sort of like a series going through now on that. You know, it might be bad in the world. But so, we're saved and we know where we're going because we read the word and we're, uh, <clears throat> we're happy on the way. Glad to be saved in these dark days. <clears throat> Oh, where's me? There's my clock. Yep. We'll we'll finish with that. Let's turn to Psalm 119. Where were we? Psalm 119 and verse 103. <coughs> Somebody read that. I'm still looking there for it. So, 
And we've done this before when we've been in First Peter chapter 1. It's a light unto our feet. The lamp unto our feet. The lamp unto our feet. I always think yeah. of that, uh, first of all, have the lamp to see where your feet are. Mm-hmm. They, they have lamp and light, the two different... Yeah, it first is. You, first you get your feet where they should be, mm-hmm. then check the path. Then check the path. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't stumble over the things that are in the way. They could have used the same word. They didn't, no. They didn't. That's like, where were we the other night on um, the two words for love in the same verse? One's phileo and one's agape, and it, there's a reason why they, they're there. In English, you don't see any difference. But Yes, what else is the word of God for us? It's light and a lamp. What else? And this is, this is the importance of having it in our, in our lives. Food, did I hear? Any others? Hey, what have I been preaching on Sunday morning? It's our strength. <laughs> Say? It's our strength. It's our strength. Water, drink, rock, remember? The smitten rock. We didn't really get into it. We'll finish that one in a few weeks. Honey. As sweet as honey. Any other any other thoughts? It's like a fire. All these, most of these are in Psalms. <clears throat> it's like the seed, as we've just mentioned. It's like the laver where the priest went to wash. <clears throat> it's like snow and rain. It's uh, Ephesians, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, after the armour. You have the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Um, <clears throat> it's like gold, hey. Chapter 19 of the book of Psalm, verse 7 to 10. And uh, in the food area, it's milk, bread and honey. So, hey, if you want to grow, there's some good things to grow by. If you are on a spiritual diet, you'll get skinny. <laughs> and you won't have... Uh, I, I, it, that it would work in the flesh is as good as, good as it does in the Christian life, you know. You go on a diet spiritually and you lose spiritual weight real quick. But you go on a diet physically and what happens? Pretty well nothing for a long time, especially if you get older <laughs> and are not burning it as you used to. And if you're younger, it'll happen. But don't do it spiritually because you lose weight quick and you haven't got the energy to go on. Keeping the book. Burgeoning believers, continually growing, becoming more like Christ from glory to glory. It's all through the Bible. This is a movement forward. So there's some thoughts about that first responsibility to death to sin, desire for the scriptures is what the outline was.